Hey guys, uh, welcome to an episode of the Amazing Marketing Minds podcast, uh, a show where we feature educational conversations with industry leaders uh, to help our audience learn about new marketing strategies and just things that are happening in the marketing uh, world. The show is hosted by Tortuga Marketing and sponsored by the Triangle Marketing Club of Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, today, we have Pamela Wilson with us today from um let's see here big brand systems <laughs> so pamela uh thank you for coming i appreciate you joining us um uh hi <laughs> hi i'm so happy to be here yeah how do you like north carolina so far? i love it it's a warm day today yeah yeah that's what we we just had somebody come down from boston and that is the first thing they said yeah. i think it's the humidity that kills right. everybody yeah but i live in <laughs> nashville so i'm used to it yeah <laughs> um i do i i know you you travel uh travel around a lot and visit a lot of places um so i'm sure you get to experience all types of climate oh yes yeah <laughs> um well talk to me uh pamela talk to me about big brand system um tell me a little bit about what you do um i'd love to for for people who haven't heard of you before love to get them up to speed yeah. I started out with a marketing and design agency way back at the beginning of my career and transitioned into this online business in 2000, late 2009. So it's been close to 10 years at this point. Um, and what I do now is I teach, pe teach people how to build online businesses. So um, I'm taking people who don't really understand how that world works because in a lot of cases, they've had some business experience, but it doesn't necessarily translate when they go into the online space. So I teach them how to make that transition and how to market their businesses in that in that arena. Wow. So and that's through things like content marketing and visual marketing. I have courses, I have coaching, I have a membership program. Lots of cool stuff. Wow! So you've got your hands in a little bit of uh, a little bit of everything. I love it. Um, why why content marketing? How did like how did you end up landing in that niche? Content marketing. I love talking about it because I went through this whole evolution myself, where I started out in the visual side of marketing, knew I wanted to have an online presence, and I knew that in order to attract people, I had to use content marketing. I, I knew I wanted to find that audience using content marketing, but I had never done any kind of writing before. Um, if I needed writing, I would get a copywriter. I would hire a copywriter and I would yeah. <laughs> use their words. I didn't generate the words myself. I just always thought, well, I'm the images person. That's my thing, you know? Yeah. So I started to understand a little bit more about how content can go together. I started to, I started to see a pattern to really good content. I started to see these elements that were almost always present and once I understood those elements, I was able to kind of put together content myself pretty successfully. I ended up being hired by Copyblogger. I don't know if you're familiar with that website, but they're a big industry leader in the content marketing space. And they hired me and brought me on to become their executive vice president of educational content. And then they put me in charge of running the blog and their educational programs. Wow. So, yeah. So I had that experience. And that's something I, I talk about in the books also, because I kind of went from my tiny website to this massive industry leading website 
And it was a very different ball game. So I just talk about how the content needs change depending on the size of the site that you're managing and the age and all of that. So yeah, I, I feel really passionate about the topic of content marketing because I do believe it's someone, something that anyone can learn to do. And there are, there are steps and there are approaches and there are elements that if you have those things working together, it's not that difficult. Yeah, it can absolutely. be learned. hundred uh, percent agree. And, and I think that the same goes for both individuals looking to learn content marketing as well as brands uh, who are looking to incorporate content marketing into, right. into the mix. So we work with a lot of brands um, that are familiar with it. Uh, you know, content marketing is kind of uh, uh, trending, you know, as of lately. So uh, what would you say to, to like brands and companies out there who are doing their research, they're trying to slowly get into it. Uh, you know, is there a right, right way to do it? Is, you know, would you recommend they, 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 you know, look into hiring somebody to help right away or at least attempt it themselves first? I, it depends a little bit on the kind of bandwidth that they have in house. I think mm-hmm. it's very possible to learn and to train yourself to do it. Um, these books are tailored toward people who really don't think that they're writers people who just feel like they're they're not writers or they're not podcasters or they're not video producers people, yeah. you know right so it's it's really trained to help people to start from scratch and learn how to do it themselves so i think they can do it the the one thing that i would recommend that they think about and this seems to be a big change that's happening now is um maybe 5 10 years ago at the most Um, It was kind of all about how much content you could churn out. It was all about like publishing every day and just getting a lot of words out there. And I think in a way it's because the internet was so new and it was like this vacuum and we just had to fill it with content, right? Yeah, absolutely. Nowadays, we have the opposite problem. People are kind of drowning in the amount of content that's out there. So what I'm recommending is that people aim to create higher quality content that they really go for quality over quantity. So instead of publishing, for example, five mediocre pieces of content, they aim to create one really epic, really well-written, well-researched piece of content. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, I love that. And and speaking of your books, by the way, I know, um, you know, we kind of talked about this a little bit before. Um, before the podcast, but I know in the books you cover something called the four day content creation system, right? Right. Um, could, could you talk, t- talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah. So, um, you do creative work, so you know how Correct. this is, you know, when you do any creative work, you get to this point in the project where it's like, you just can't even see it anymore. You yeah. just become mm-hmm. blind to it. Like you, and sometimes you have the sense like, there's something that's not right in this, but I'm not sure what it is because you're blind. You've been looking at it for way too long or yeah, listening absolutely. to it for way too long or whatever the case may be. And so the four day content creation system recognizes that that is that creative blindness is real and that if you can build in some time away from your piece of creativity that you're working on, that that time away helps you to develop what I call fresh eyes. So you see it with fresh eyes again, you have a better idea of what it needs, what it's missing, what you need to polish a little bit. So the four day content creation system is basically taking the process of 
creating a piece of content and spreading it out over four days instead of having this one marathon session. Trying to do it in one sitting yeah. with 10 cups of coffee and right. Red Bull. <laughs> I know. Right. And it, and that's super common. And I think, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I just have to block out like six hours so I can create this amazing piece of content. But what happens is toward the end of those six hours, you are tired and you've also been looking at it for five and a half hours and you can't see what it's missing. So the four day content creation system is about doing a little piece of it every day. So for example, on day one, what I recommend is that you create the backbone of the content. And by backbone, I mean your headline and your subheads. Yeah. Um, you try to come up with a headline that people will click on because that is the whole purpose of a headline is to get people to click on yeah, it. Yeah, of course. And then the subheads become almost like a, a very a very loose outline of your piece of content before you write it. So thinking through your subheads helps you to figure out, okay, what what am I going to communicate here and in what order and how am I going to lay out my argument, right? So I recommend you come up with a headline and subhead on day one and then you you walk away. You don't do anything else. So that's all you do on day one. And then on day two, you show up and that is when you caffeinate. You drink your extra cup of coffee, yeah, your extra yeah. cup of tea, whatever it is, bubble tea, whatever it may be, <laughs> and you you come into it with full caffeination because on day two is when you actually do most of the production. So if you're doing a podcast, for example, that is the day that you record. Mm -hmm. If you're doing a video, like a vlog, you know, that's the Just day you, you, you do your basic recording. And if you're writing a blog post, that is the day you write your first draft. Okay. So you work to get that done on day two. And my biggest piece to piece of advice for day two is to, I always say, write forward, don't write backward. So in other words, do not do any kind of editing on day two. Just get the words out within that backbone structure that you created on day one. Get your words filled in in all those sections and do not go back and edit. Because, yeah, I mean, you know, as a content creator, you use a different part of your brain when you're creating than the part oh, of yeah, your brain that you true. use when you're editing, right? And so that switching back and forth ends up like just adding cognitive load to your brain. So it's better to just think day two, I'm, it's all about creating. I'm getting it created. And it can be a very messy first draft. It can be a very messy video take. It can be a very messy podcast because you have an entire day for editing, which is day three. Ah, I see. I'm starting to see the logic behind it. Yeah, I, I can right? see where some people would, uh, I feel like forcing yourself to not go back and do those edits. I, yes. I feel like that's where some people would struggle. Because I yeah. know, you know, it's a habit though. It's a habit that you develop like anything else. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So, and you, you just have to say to yourself, you know what? No one's going to see this. It can be totally messy. It can, it can sound terrible. It can have all these outtakes. It's fine. No one's going to see it except for you on day three. Yeah. <laughs> so absolutely. on day three, you show up with your editor hat and you're going to go in and really try to, first of all, you're reading it all with fresh eyes. So you're seeing it with fresh eyes, top to bottom or, or start to finish. And you're, you're, you have a chance to kind of see it the way your reader will see it or your listener or a viewer will see it. You see it with fresh eyes. So you can see what might be wrong, what you need to polish up, what you need to edit, what you need to add to. 
For a piece of written content, the big advice that I have for people on day three, once you're done with all the editing, is to go back and make add some formatting so it seems easier to read. So that usually means shorter paragraphs, bulleted lists, block quotes, um, anything that will break it up and make it easier for people. Because, you know, people read on the web very differently than how they read a book. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, you're, you're correct. So <laughs> you want to have lots of formatting. And then I always recommend that people add an image because mm. images, again, use a different part of our brains than words. Um, or even audio and video, you know, like an image, for example, for a, if you're posting on YouTube or you have a podcast, you want to create an episode image or an image for that particular vlog that you're putting out, right. you know, like a splash screen <laughs> like a nice kind thumbnail. of image, right? Yeah. And then because that becomes like a little ad for your piece of content every time you share it on social media, that's the ad. Yeah. Yeah. Right? The thumbnail that, isn't great. I usually don't even click on it. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And so it's the same thing for written content. You want to have a blog post image at the top that's kind of getting people excited to read the content and maybe giving them some kind of information. I always recommend people look for conceptual images that tell a little bit of a story yeah, to combine with their content, right? So all of that happens on day three. At the end of day three, you have it published ready. It is ready to go out into the world. And then on day four, it's publishing and promoting it. And you know, nowadays, you can't just, it's not like I'm going to publish this and all these people are going to show up and find it. You know, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. So yeah. you have to kind of get out there and like beat the drum and get people to show up to see your consume your content. So that means social media posts. If you have an email list, you email them with your new piece of content. You just want to it's it's kind of like announcing a new baby like yeah. we have a new baby hey, guys, we have a new piece of content yeah. you send out announcements <laughs> and you get people to show up so that's the big focus of day four is to just get people to there to consume your new content i like that uh, yeah it's makes sense from a from a logistical side it makes perfect sense it keeps your brain fresh um i, I guess i'd be curious to see how how that would work when you're juggling a bunch of different uh, clients um, or different, like let's say some some of the writers will write for say a dozen different brands in the course of a month. Right. Do you think it would be better for them to do all of their day ones in the same day, or and then all of their days day twos like on a day? So you're not like you said, you're using a different part of your brain to do a different part of the work. Right. So would it make more sense to do like all of the same type of work within one day? And the next day you do all of the day two work. Right. What do you think? I'm going to annoy the heck out of you with my <laughs> answer. I think it depends on the person. You know, okay. I think That's some fair, people, no. you know, for some people, it would be easy to switch back and forth. And depending on their environment, you know, mm -hmm. it might be easy for them to have big blocks of time. Yeah. In some cases, it may not be as easy. The one thing I will say is that that day two work tends to be very intense because that's when you're actually like creating the thing, Absolutely, you know, yeah. right? You got like from start to finish, you're kind of doing the majority of the work on day two. So I do think it would be hard to do a lot of day two day work two for together. a big variety of clients. So that, that would sense. just be, but you know, people have different energy levels. So if you are someone who can knock out, you know, day two work for three different clients, go for it, you know? 
Very cool. I like it. I like it. Do you have any other, uh, you know, golden pieces of nugget uh, information or n- nuggets like this uh, in your book that that you uh, that you could share? Well, the one <laughs> thing we might want to talk about is these seven essential elements of a great piece of content marketing. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so this was this was like. Um, My background is design and designers see patterns. We just see patterns in it, not not literally like patterns on on cloth, but like you just see structure. You just tend to see structure. At least I did. So I started to notice over time that really effective content marketing had these seven elements. And so it helped me as someone who didn't consider herself to be a writer to have this structure that I could plug my words into. So it's basically a headline. That's the first. Um, And you know, a headline is all about getting the clicks. So you want to spend a lot of time coming up with a headline or a podcast episode name, you know, whatever it may be that will get people to visit your content and consume it. So it's the headline. And then it's the first sentence which people are always like, really, the first sentence? I actually wrote an entire chapter on the first sentence in this wow, book, that's how believe it or it not. I, I think it's important. I yeah. do see it, though. I see it, especially in today's world. Uh, and that's why we do so much video as well. Yeah. Um, it's just people's attention spans are just so short now. Yeah. Um, if you don't if you don't get it, there's a there's a I'm sure it's not just a sales thing, uh, but I have a sales background. And um, there there used to be this thing. Uh, one of my bosses used to say it's you have you have five seconds to get five minutes. Yes, to get exactly. 15. <laughs> that is, yep. it's exactly the same premise. So what I always tell people is you have to imagine that people are sitting there, you know, they come to your page and you're like, yeah. <laughs> impress me, right? <laughs> right? Exactly. So you got the click with the headline. The first sentence, really the idea of that sentence is to pull them down into the rest of your content or to keep them watching or listening. So the first sentence is really important. You you want to be deliberate about the way you write it. You don't want it to be too wordy. You want it to maybe create some curiosity and get people excited about what's coming. So the first sentence is super important. And then the next thing is the introduction section. So in a piece of written content, that is typically what's above the more tag on a website. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. the first one or two paragraphs at the top of your piece of content. And you're kind of setting up the premise for the piece of content. And again, you want to get people excited so they stay with you, right? So the headline gets the click, the first sentence pulls them in, the introduction tells them why they need to stick around, right? And then we have the subheads. And we talked about those already. The subheads are basically a way that you're going to break up your content, but they're super important in written content, especially because people skim. So subheads give them an idea of why they should stay on your page. If they're skimming down and just deciding whether or not to spend five minutes with your content, the subheads will keep them there. Interesting. That's the one. Right. Yeah, totally. And then and then we have your main copy, which is basically everything else. So it's a copy that goes underneath your subheads. It's it's kind of the bulk of your writing. Mm -hmm. Right. And then at the very end, we have a summary. And this was something else that it's not super obvious. It doesn't typically say here is a summary of this piece of content. But what I noticed is that really great content tended to 
tie everything together at the very end. It sort of, it, it would look back and say, this is, this is where we've been. This is what we talked about in this piece of content. And like you said, people have a short attention span. Sometimes by the end of your piece of content, they don't remember what they listened to or read or saw at the very beginning. So Absolutely. a short summary, it doesn't have to be long. Maybe it's only a paragraph, but a short summary that says, okay, this is what we went over here. Yeah, okay. Exactly. You know? Did I lose you yet? <laughs> exactly. It just reinforces because most content is trying to communicate something. So it reinforces what you communicated. And then the very last thing is a call to action because we call it content marketing, not just content. It's It's got a marketing yeah. component, right? And so it needs to have some kind of ask. And it could be a very low-key ask. It could be, you know, head down to the comments and let me know or share this on Facebook and, you know, share it with your friends on Facebook. It could be something like that. Or it could be click here and download my opt-in incentive, you know, or sign up for a free consult or book an appointment, something like that. But it should always have something, some Absolutely. kind of ask. Huh. And that's all seven. Oh, wow. I like that. I like how there's a very strategic approach to it. You know, when we were first starting out as an agency, we were we used to be a HubSpot partner agency. Are you familiar with HubSpot? Oh, sure. Um, and they have a very specific way of teaching content marketing. Um, they, they were very big on written content as well. Um, we were able to take their strategy and we do use it for some of our video content. We kind of have our own uh, hybrid version of mm -hmm. it now. Um, but do you put a lot of... Um, do you put a lot of emphasis on SEO for your written content yes. or is your strategy a little bit different? Oh, no, it's yeah, absolutely. SEO is a big piece of it. OK, um, you you have to have that in mind as you're creating your content. I mean, I don't think it should be the most important thing because really you're writing for people. But what we're seeing now is the search engines have recognized that content that's written for people yeah, absolutely. is content that people want to consume, right? Yeah. I mean, go <laughs> figure, you know? So um, I, it's, it's very important. It's kind of, as you know, ever changing. So this, you know, what you need to do to rank well is, is a moving target mm -hmm. to a certain extent, but you, you really cannot go wrong if you write with a reader or the listener or the viewer in mind first and you, and you just make it a good experience for them. They'll spend more time with it. They'll come back more often. Yeah. And that's where we're going back to the, uh, you know, quality over quantity concept. Definitely. Yeah. That's very important. Um, so are there, uh, there specific types of, uh, like businesses, brands, or individuals that you tend to work with more? I tend to work with people who have some business experience and they're trying to translate it into the online space. Mm -hmm. So, and they're finding what I found when I tried to do the same thing, which is, oh, the rules are a little bit different here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everything that worked offline is just not quite the same online. So I made that transition and I love helping people to make that transition. Um, the people I work with tend to have some experience, some expertise, and they're trying to get it out in the online space either. I mean, in some cases, they want to build an entire business. In some cases, they want it to be like a side business. Mm -hmm. um, and in some cases, they, you know, I, I, a few people I help really honestly want to leave a legacy and, yeah. and leave an impact with their information. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, I mean, that makes perfect sense. Um, how do you, a lot of people come to, I don't know if this happens to you, but people come to us, I'm sure the way they come to you as an expert in what you're doing. Um, and like you mentioned, the online space is always changing. It's yeah. always new. It's always different. So what do you do to, um, to stay up to date on everything related to like content marketing, for example? Yeah. I, I mean, I read a lot. Yeah. I read a lot and it's funny. I don't know if this happened to you. I used to not be able to read online. I used to just find it super annoying. And now I'm like, oh no. I mean, I, I think I read more on screens than I do <laughs> on paper. Sorry books, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I made that switch. So I read a lot and, and keep up with what's going on in the industry. And, um, it's, do you have any favorite, uh, any favorite books? Or, or anything related to, to, to all the reading that you do where you recommend people like consistently follow to, to get that kind of information? Yeah, I'm really bad about favorites. <laughs> I do, I'm, I'm such like a polyglot. I just like so many things. You just so like being fair to everyone. That's I, what it is. Well, sort, I mean, I guess, but I just I'm always switching up. So, yeah, I read a lot. What I have found has been helpful because in a in a time of content glut, I think it's helpful to kind of set some goals for what you want to learn. So if there's um, like, let's say you want to learn more about email marketing. So you find some people who seem to be good resources. You subscribe, you read their books, you read their blog and, and you read it for a while, but then you like shut it down and start applying it. So that's, that would be my advice is just set some learning goals and go deep with your resources, but then like stop. Because yeah, if you exactly. just sit there and read everyone and listen to everyone, you just end up consuming content and not doing anything. And not executing. Yeah. What is it? What, is, what do they call that? Like research paralysis or something oh, like that? Yeah. Analysis, analysis paralysis. paralysis. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's A very common. And I mean, I, it's understandable. Yeah, for sure. You want to make sure that you know exactly what you're doing. And well, you do. And it's also, I, I mean, honestly, I think it's when we're consuming content, we feel like we're doing something. Oh, but yeah. we're not actually doing anything. Yeah, you we're do feel learning. You, you, yeah, I just learned so much. <laughs> so I just right. completed that so course. At some, or, right. At some point, you have to shut that down and start applying. That's like important. That. You got to learn, but at some point, you got to do. You just have to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Pamela, this was awesome. I am getting our our uh, our time warning here. I appreciate you uh, You know, just sharing a little bit of information uh, on what you're currently doing on your books um, how can, for the, for everybody listening, how can they find you, um, uh, you know, online? How can they get a hold of your books? Yeah. Well, the books are available everywhere. Um, they can go to mastercontentmarketing.com or mastercontentstrategy.com. And those will redirect to pages that have links to They're They're available in print, in ebook, i book. Um, audiobook, like yeah, all, yeah, all the everywhere. book formats. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then to find me, it's bigbrandsystem.com. And there's lots of good stuff on that site. Oh, Almost yeah. 10 was, years of content. There's so. lots of, lots of valuable information. I definitely, right. I, I can, I can vouch for that. I was taking a look at it earlier today. Thank you. Pamela, I appreciate you coming by. Pamela is going to be speaking at the Triangle Marketing Club later tonight. Um, you know, uh, it'll be it'll it'll be in the past once this is out in in the uh, in the open. But if you haven't been before um, and you're in the Raleigh Durham area, North Carolina, check out the Triangle Marketing Club. They have speakers come by, industry leaders talk about marketing, different t- different aspects of marketing, both uh, entry level as well as really advanced topics. Uh, it's ran by great guy Chris. So um, 
uh, definitely don't uh, definitely check them out. And Pamela, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, this was fun today. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>